Sue Bolin, um, Associate Speaker and Webmistress for Probe Ministries. And I have the privilege of hosting this episode of the Head and Heart podcast. And instead of my friend Paul Rutherford hosting, as he usually does, I get to interview him and his lovely wife, Kelly, on part two of Communication Power Tools. And today we're going to talk about an extraordinarily powerful way of being kind to each other, which is, it, it works in marriage, it works in any kind of relationship, any kind of time you're, you're communicating with anyone. Um, but in part one, we talked about the negative communication patterns of don't be a weenie, don't withdraw and, and avoid, don't escalate, don't negatively interpret, and don't invalidate. And when we flip those on their heads and we are kind to each other, it really makes a difference in how we communicate. Today, we're talking about how to honor and respect the people that we're talking to by using the speaker-listener technique. So first of all, Kelly, Paul, thank you for joining me on this podcast. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. <laughs> well, good. Fun to be in this seat. It's really fun to be in the driver's seat, too. I got to tell it? you. Yeah. All right. Come on. Okay. Because usually my, my role, see, is I take the audio files that you send me and all the keywords and all that, and I put it on probe.org. Thank you. I'm, I'm the behind the scenes ninja. <laughs> but this today, is true listener. <laughs> she makes the thing happen. Without you, it doesn't happen. Well, thank you. Many thanks to you. But today, I get to be in, in the driver's seat interviewing you. It's so. going to be great. <laughs> All right. So the speaker-listener technique, um, what is it? How about a just basic definition? Speaker-listener technique is a structure for having a conversation, simply put. This has many names. Sometimes it's called active listening. Sometimes it's called reflective listening. It's real popular. It's, it's well used in psychology and counseling and therapy and couples therapy. It's a very common thing. And so this isn't something brand new, groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. It is real mm -hmm. foundational and it's been foundational in our relationship. But, but suffice it to say, it's just a, a set of rules and guardrails for a conversation to keep it on the tracks effectively. And we'll talk through it more in depth in a minute, but that's, that's how I would define it. How would you define it, Kelly? Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is it like the goal of communication. And I think these are the guardrails for that goal uh, for communicating effectively is uh, mutual understanding. It's not about, you know, just being heard. Um, it's not about being agreed with, but it truly is where both parties get to have the floor um, to speak, have the floor to listen to understand. And, um, it's been very powerful in our marriage and in, um, the couples that we've been able to work with. I am thrilled that you guys who have been, um, such rock stars in marriage ministry at our church, you're shaking your head, Paul, but I know what the truth is. <laughs> so, uh, you have had the privilege of teaching this to a lot of people. Um, but it isn't just a marriage thing. I'm very excited to hear from you about the speaker-listener technique in view of the fact that this at this year's Mind Games Camp, which is our total immersion education and worldview and apologetics for high school kids that we do, and we do this together, love having that week with you guys, I saw it happen 
in one of our small group discussions when uh, one of our probe colleagues, Todd Koppelman, who is a philosophy professor at Dallas Baptist University, who he's constantly dealing with college kids in his everyday life, but now he's spending a week with high school kids. And he was watching in the small group discussion, he was watching kids being typically self-centered and immersed in what they thought and what they wanted to talk about. And he interrupted and, and taught them the speaker-listener technique so that they would learn how to enter a conversation and be respectful of whoever was speaking at the time rather than interrupting, rather than talking over them, rather than being all about what they thought. Um, suddenly, he was teaching them a way to be truly present with the conversation, the discussion, and uh, it was so easy for them to learn it because this is not hard, but it can be life-changing in terms of relationships. So It really can, so and I want to piggyback on there. Okay. Uh, the significance of communication. So, Kelly, thanks for pointing out that communication is about mutual understanding. Mm. That's going to be our bedrock. That's going to be our foundation. In the previous episode, Sue, we talked about Matthew 19, 6, how Jesus talked about in marriage that God has put man and wife together and the two shall become one. They're one flesh. And what God has put together, let no man put asunder. And so like that oneness, that unity that we're pursuing in marriage, we're going to focus in, Kelly, on our kind of the marital aspect of speaker-listener technique. But you're right, it, it applies in all, all situations and all settings. But the bedrock for communication is, is mutual understanding. And that's important, I would add, because as a recovering Pharisee, I want to be right. <laughs> I want to be right. I don't want to be understood. <laughs> I want to win. Wow. I want to win. And I want to be right. And I want you to say that I'm right. And so <laughs> I need the speaker-listener technique because left to my own sinful flesh, I will screw it up. And I will screw up my marriage. And I will screw up our relationship. And I will hurt you. I will hurt my wife. Um, so I love the speaker listener because it has helped me so many times. Just as a reminder, hey, this isn't about you, bud. This isn't about <laughs> winning. This is not about agreeing. This is about understanding. And so often Kelly and I will circle back with each other after a conversation as just kind of a check like, hey, did you, did you, do you feel like you understood what I was saying? Yeah, no, I think I got it. Um, and so the other part of that, Sue, is that this is, I don't take too much time, but this, this is hard because usually my heart doesn't want simply just to be understood. <laughs> it wants more than that. Or in, as I've just confessed, it wants something else that's not even healthy. It's mm -hmm. not God given. It's sinful. Thank you for that level of vulnerability. Um, it's refreshing. And, and I'm so glad that God is in the process of doing a pharisectomy on you. <laughs> He's, Pulling your inner Pharisee out of you. So <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I will add what I brought into our marriage, which is negative interpretation and also a bit of mind reading. So when we got married or even before that, during our premarital counseling, when we were kind of working through conflict in front of another couple that we trusted that wanted to help us and love us and our, help us in our communication, I would often try to guess you know, being so in love with my future husband that, oh, I, I know I'm going to finish this sentence for him. And I know exactly <laughs> where he's going with the conversation. And what that did was not make him feel understood. Um, I was interrupting him. It felt disrespectful. And so I needed to learn to listen and to repeat back what I heard. And we're going to kind of go into that um, here in a second. But that was 
my special thing that I try to do is like, oh, I, I know where he's going with this. I can just <laughs> interrupt. And yeah, that's what you're trying to say, right? So yeah, we already have that oneness thing going before yeah, we even married. Exactly. Okay. Really. So before we jump into the depths of the speaker listener technique, I just want to uh, reiterate, I'm Sue Bolin. And uh, today I get to talk to Paul and Kelly Rutherford about communication power tools. Part two, the speaker listener technique here on the Head and Heart podcast. So you guys, who wants to go first in terms of explaining how you do this speaker listener technique? Okay, well, I'll set it up. So speaker listener, uh, Sue, we typically do in three phases. Okay. So the first phase is what you would typically think of as um, active listening. Well, one person will take the speaker role and say something. The other person will take the listener role and then repeat back what they hear. That's phase one of speaker listener technique. Phase two of speaker listener, after we've done talking and listening, then, um, or part of that, uh, we'll illustrate here in a few minutes, but we'll also do what we call validation, where it just acknowledges the other person's side of the street. And then the third phase of what we do, speaker listener, is uh, empathy or empathizing with the other person. This is where you kind of climb into their shoes and, and connect on an emotional level. So it's a three-part process and there's three phases to it. And so we'll talk through it each one by one. But first phase is talking and listening. Second phase is validation. And the third phase is empathizing. Thank you for that. Okay, jump in, explain this. So I'll start us off in explaining stage one or phase one. Um, it's the most intuitive it's the one where you have the two roles, one person speaks, the other person's listening, and then you switch roles. So I'll start us off with the rules for the speaker. Um, if you get to be the first speaker in a conversation, um, you want to speak for yourself. You don't want to mind read as I used to do. And you want to talk about your thoughts and feelings and concerns. You use I statements and you talk about your own point of view and that is where you start. But then the second one's really important for those of us who are verbal processors or a lot of ladies listening, you want to speak in short chunks. So or number one, also verbal process. Yes. Or my, like my husband. Included. So number one, speak for yourself. Number two, speak in short chunks. So short amount of time. So two to three minutes max or less. Um, you'll have an opportunity to say all you need to say. So you don't have to get it all out the first time you get to be the speaker, especially if it's a heated argument. But just keep your sentences, a statement or two. Um, this is going to really help the listener in their role. And then number three is you stop and you let the listener paraphrase. And so if the paraphrase was not quite right, you get to politely restate what was not heard the right way um, and what you intended to be heard. So one, speak for yourself Two, speak in short chunks so that number three, the listener can rephrase what you said. Yeah. Can I jump in on listener side? Mm -hmm. Love. Yep. Okay, so the listener's role when when playing the listener role, because each person does both, and you flip back and forth. Uh, when you're listening, your only job is to listen. Listen to understand, like we've already <laughs> talked about. Just to understand. Now, this is important because you're going to want to start to think, well, what am I going to say next? Uh, but this process is going to circumvent that and make mm -hmm. that exceedingly difficult to do, as we'll get to here in a second. But you want to listen to understand because once the listener has finished and hopefully, you know, God bless them, they didn't talk for five minutes. They talked for maybe a minute or two minutes, something you could understand and, and get. And then you simply repeat it. You say repeat it back. You simply begin with what I hear you saying is and you fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Now, 
to reassure you, you don't have to be a stenographer and like taking copious notes. You just want to communicate that you understand. You can summarize it. You can use your own words. You can just say, well, what I hear you saying is this. And sometimes when Kelly and I will do this and I'm a listener, it's real simple. I'm like, I get, I get it all in one sentence. She could process and process for a couple minutes. And I'm like, okay, what I hear you saying is this. And I'll get it in one sentence and I'll get it right. And that's the second part of the listener's role. When you're listening, you say, what I hear you saying is, then you repeat back. And then you ask, is that right? Mm. And so this is a kind of a second, uh, kind of a spinoff of this first phase, which is, and it ensures comprehension Mm -hmm. because if the listener didn't get it right, the speaker gets to jump back in and say, okay, that's close, but not quite. And they can just correct. Okay. You got everything else right, but this is wrong. Um, and then when that happens, can I keep going? Is that okay? And then when that happens, then the speaker tries again and says, okay, what I hear you saying is, and then they go again and then just kind of lay, lay the whole thing out. And then you go back and forth on that until the speaker has said, good, I think you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And then the speaker gets to go again. If they have more to say. If they have sometimes more to say. they might feel understood and then you switch roles and you can go back and forth switching the roles as the speaker and listener. Um, yes. Freely. So let me comment a couple couple things on being a listener. Being a listener is hard, as we talked mm-hmm. about in the previous episode of this podcast. It's also hard because when you repeat back, you have to repeat back what they said. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times when Kelly has been speaker and I'm a listener, I want to, gosh, I'm so um passive aggressive i want to repeat it back but i want to do it with like a sarcastic tone like oh what you're saying is you want to go to your mother's for dinner tonight or you know something (laughs) something like that like you know like not only am i repeating it back but i'm like doing it in a way where i'm communicating i'm I'm communicating something which is i don't i I don't like it and that Uh that silly example i just made up god bless you mom if you're listening love you (laughs) I, i didn't i never said that um But my point is when you're, when you're a listener and you say, here's what I'm saying, you only repeat back. You do not get to say anything in that moment. You Mm -hmm. will later hold on Mm because you're going to flip roles and you're going to get to be the speaker and you're going to get to say what you think. Um, The other clarification there is that when you're a listener, you don't ask a question. Even if Mm -hmm. you didn't understand, do not ask a question. Mm. Um, That actually goes on the listen, the speaker's role, Mm -hmm. the speaker. If you want to ask a question, wait till you're a speaker and then you can ask a question and then the listener can go. Here's how you deal with it. Cause uh, I can't tell you how many couples we've sat down with Mm -hmm. and they're like, but I didn't understand. Like, no, that's fine. What I always say is go with what you have. Mm -hmm. Just say, okay, what I hear you saying is, and then you say it. Mm -hmm. And then is that when you ask, is that right? Then the speaker can correct you. And so that's, that process is already geared for comprehension and understanding. Just let the process go. Mm-hmm. Don't ask another a follow-up question. Yeah. And that kind of leads into just our ground rules or what I like to call guardrails for conversations and for communication. Um, the reason why we use this tool or teach this tool to others is to keep you from going off the cliff, like going back to withdrawing, going to escalating, going to negative interpretation or invalidating. Um, so it really does protect you from whatever normal patterns you've already, the habit of whatever your communication was. Um, and so when a conflict begins to escalate, you can call a timeout, which you talked about this on our last episode. You can try talking again later, but if you call the timeout, you are the one that decides when you're ready to have that conversation. And you need to clarify that with your spouse. You need to say, or your the person you're in conflict with, 
Um, it needs to be the next 24 to 48 hours. It doesn't need to be lingering forever, but you know, we're called to keep short accounts, right? Um, but you really want to use that timeout, not to keep a list of wrongs that you're going to bring back. Um, but it truly is about praying and seeking the Holy Spirit to know what your part is, what can you make amends for, um, and rather who can come under the Holy Spirit um, the quickest. And when we're having trouble communicating, you know, maybe after that timeout, if we're escalators or if a couple's escalating, we can engage in the speaker listener technique and again, keeps those guardrails on the conversation. So what's another guideline? Uh, another guideline, I'll say this speaker listener is again, for if, when communication is about mutual understanding, it's really good at helping two people feel understood. I'll often, yeah, this is maybe a framework for mm-hmm. speaker listener. It's not a good way to make a decision. If you two mm. are like, actually, are we going to put a new roof on the house? You know, are yes or no, or, you know, which contractor are we going to go with this one, this one, or that one? This isn't really good for that. It's good for helping you feel understood. Now, if you're facing a big decision and you want to say, well, you know, I like X contractor for this and this reason. And then the other person can say, well, I like Y contractor for this and this reason. It'll help you feel understood. I just like to add that caveat. That's not really good mm-hmm. for helping you make decisions. It's great at helping you feel understood and make sure couples which are helping couples understand each other, which in my experience, Sue, nine times out of 10, once they A, are understood and B, understand their spouse, they nine times out of 10, they don't have a problem making a decision. Mm. It makes it either easier mm-hmm. or at least often it's often it's clear. In my experience, it makes it clearer. They're usually much more clear. Oh, okay. This is really what I want. It's really that difficulty of getting past the, you know, I want, I'm insisting on you agree with me or I'm insisting on mm-hmm. being right. It's like, okay, well, if we can, by the spirit, get past that and just understand one another. Okay. I understand you. I understand me. You understand me. Then we're in a much better position to make a good decision. Yeah. So another way of saying that is it's, it's really great for discussing the problem, but not great at the solution of the problem. Solving so the problem. Yeah. So it's problem discussion. Yeah make sure everybody's understood. And then a separate conversation would be problem solution. Yeah. Cause that's another distinction that I often make. Like, mm-hmm. So to make, just to emphasize what you already said, Kelly, if you're having a conflict about say, having, putting a roof on your house, if, if in the heat of the moment, you know, I said something dumb and was hurtful. Okay. I need to go and I need to make amends with my wife. I need to solve the conflict. I need to solve the relational wound first. That's most important mm. before we figure out, which contractor we're going to go with. I can't tell you how many uh, couples that we've ministered mm-hmm. to where they're like, well, if we could just get a solution, then I'll feel better and then I'll make it right. No, nope. it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, nope. it, it doesn't. That is your flesh justifying using your mind to justify sinful behavior. Um, not that that can't ever happen, but, but the most important thing is that you're living with your wife in an understanding way, like first Peter three. And so uh, I guess what I'm saying here to emphasize what Kelly's already said is that those are best as separate conversations. So if okay. you've had, if you've had conflict, you need to make it right with your spouse. You need, you can use speaker listener. You can talk about it, talk it through, feel understood. And that's a separate conversation. And then at another time when you're both cool and regulated and you're ready to have a rational and reasonable conversation, then you can do a kind of a problem solution conversation, okay. but that's a different conversation. That's not the conversation we're having right now on the podcast. Okay. We're talking about speaker listener. Yeah. And also like, this is my last thing I want to share about this, but the book Lasting Promise is where, you know, these guidelines are listed. It's what we did in our first, you know, couple years of marriage with our um, newly married community group through church. But um, it really helped us lay this foundation. But 
a great place not to do this. The conflict conversations are on dates. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, save that time. Um, you know, talk about, do the speaker listener, talk through the conflict at another time, but, you know, schedule time for business meetings, you know, calendar meetings, whatever you do with your spouse. Um, for us, we make time to have fun and to play together to enjoy one another. And that's not the time to bring up, Hey, by the way, I would like to do the speaker listener and talk through this conflict. We'll do this. We've practiced this for, I guess, 11 years now to where sometimes this takes a few minutes and we're in the car on the way to church. Cause we tend to fight on the way to church. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. And we just roll into it. So, um, but yeah. So, um, if I can contribute another aspect of when not to use this from the perspective of someone who's been happily married for 48 years, thank you, Lord, is you do not want to bring this up when you're just about to fall asleep and both Amen. heads are on Amen. the pillow. <laughs> That's a terrible, terrible time to have this kind of conversation. So in case you lost track of where we are, uh, I just want to say hi. I'm Sue Bolin. Today I get to host the Head and Heart podcast about communication power tools. This is part two with Paul and Kelly Rutherford. Um, and so in the interest of landing this plane before three hours from now, I understand that you said there are three layers to the speaker-listener technique. What is the next layer? What is validation? So the first part we talked several minutes about, just kind of laying down the rules. What are the roles? What does it mean to be speaker? What does it mean to be listener? All that stuff is good. When you're doing speaker listener, we spend most of our time, just like number of minutes and seconds communicating in that role. The second phase is uh, something that the listener says. So the speaker has already gone. Kelly says, I want to have steak and green beans tonight for dinner. And I'm the listener. And I say, I hear you saying you want to have steak and green beans tonight for dinner. Uh, the listener then communicates validation. Second phase is validation, where the, the listener validates what the speaker has said. And you ready for this, Sue? This is really simple. I know that's three phases. It's very short. You say, go, Kelly. That makes sense. Three words. <laughs> if you want to get really fancy. Yeah, those are power words. Yeah, dudes, you can make checks out to my name. I'm just <laughs> That blessed your marriage right there, 100%. That makes sense. And you stop there. Or you can say, I can see how you got there. That's a fancy Ooh. way. I can see how yeah. you got there. There's lots of creative ways to do this in terms of language. You can say mm -hmm. that makes sense. You can say, I see how you got there. You can say, oh, okay, uh, I'm with you. I get that. I get you. I see that. Or from that perspective, I see how you would get that. Like, there's, you, you can be endlessly creative, but the point is that you're communicating validity, mm -hmm. which any of you logic nerds out there know <laughs> that a logic is a truth preservation system and any, any argument that is logically valid has properly preserved truth from start to finish. And so that's for you logic nerds, uh, <laughs> in a conversation with your wife who may not be a logic nerd, all you're communicating is that what you said is okay. And it's, it is, um, it is valid and legitimate for you to think and feel that way. Now this is important. Am I stealing your thunder? You want to go here? Well, I was going to add on, maybe add on. you can validate, the other person without agreeing with them. And that's okay. So you, you can say, even though you may not agree that you want steak and green beans for dinner, if we're going to go off that one, um, you could just say that makes sense. That you would want that. Right. And this is a silly example. 
but you don't have to agree to be able to validate. And I think that's where couples get stuck or people get stuck. Cause they're like, well, if I validate, does that mean I agree? And it doesn't. Yeah. Or in particular, again, let's, let's own like the real dynamic of our sinful flesh, which is, Hey, if I validate, does that mean I've lost the argument? Mm-hmm. Does that mean I've lost? Like, I don't get, I don't, let's be real. I don't get what I want mm-hmm. because I would disagree with you. And I'm saying that makes sense. And man, tell the story. Like, we were at our recent meeting for our, our marriage ministry and we got to sit with a small group who had just completed what, eight months of being together and going through the marriage curriculum. Mm-hmm. And one husband got up and he said this very thing. Mm-hmm. He said, I learned when I communicate with my wife, I can say that makes sense and I don't have to agree with her. And that was his biggest takeaway mm-hmm. from the whole thing. It was amazing to see how mm-hmm. that lifted his spirit and has blessed his wife and has blessed his marriage and they have kids that's blessing their home. Like that one distinction is huge. Mm. It's huge. I can I can see how you got there. I don't agree, but I see how you got there. That's validation. That's the second phase of speaker listener. It sounds like that means that the person has taken themselves out of just their own mind mm. space and they put themselves in the other person's position, put themselves in their shoes from their perspective, looking through their eyeballs. Oh, that would make sense coming from your perspective. Mm-hmm. I have a different perspective, but mm-hmm. I'm going to validate what you're what you're saying and thinking and feeling. Exactly. And love, can we transition to phase three? Absolutely. Sue, that's how I would define phase three. Empathizing is where I like to say you walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Mm -hmm. I I come into your perspective and I look at things from your perspective. And not only do I communicate that it's valid and legitimate, whether or not I agree is irrelevant, but it's valid and legitimate. Phase three is for the listener. After the listener has both repeated back what I hear you saying is, and they got it right, the corrections. Mm -hmm. And then they said phase two, that makes sense or whatever variation you want to use. Mm-hmm. Then the third part is where you use your imagination and you say, I imagine you feel, fill in the blank. And this is this is where what you just said, Sue, where you as the listener put yourself in their shoes and you try to empathize with them. You try to say, hmm, here are the emotions I might feel if I were sitting where you're sitting. So it's, all, it's a, another layer deep. It's like, get your feelings wheel out. You know, guess. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if you, even if you get it wrong. Just try, and this can be really hard for for husbands, for husbands we'll sometimes, we'll right? Yeah. Um, and some for women too. Sometimes, um, but yeah, yeah, like you can guess. I wow, I bet that makes you feel really angry or really sad or really um, unappreciated, you know. And just make a guess, maybe guess two, and then up your chances of being right. And then the speaker who's still in the role can correct or say, "Yes, actually, yeah, that's that is how I feel." Or, and I feel this. And then you repeat that back. So, yeah. And then they can correct too. If you just like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not angry. I'm, a, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> you can get it. <laughs> you can, I, I don't know how many times I've gotten it wrong. <laughs> wrong. There's no right or wrong when you're in the, especially for guys. <laughs> okay. When you're in the listener role, which I know you're probably not accustomed to or even comfortable with at all. And you're doing this, you're trying this new technique now that we're talking through. It's okay. You can totally get it wrong. Just take a guess. I imagine that makes you feel something. And then uh, the benefit to that is emotional connectedness. That's why Mm -hmm. this is so important because that empathy connects you on a spiritual level Mm -hmm. when you're connecting again, I'm talking to husbands here, but when, when you connect with your wife emotionally, that is some of the greatest intimacy that you can have in your relationship. When, when you empathize dudes, again, I'm just, I'm telling you when you, (laughs) when you do this, your wife, she's going to be blown away. Like she's going to be blown away. I remember the first time I started doing this with Kelly, like it just, it took our emotional intimacy to a new level. Like it had never been there before. 
And it's, it's tremendous, tremendously important to women. And what I've observed just as other couples practice this and we just, you know, have them over in our living room. It's amazing to see the countenance of the wife, especially I've noticed her countenance completely changes when she feels understood sometimes for the first time, sometimes for the first time. In and a it's long like, time. and it's wow. like husband and Paul will be like husband, look at your wife's face. Mm. Like, look what this has done. And it just, it breathes life mm. into a marriage because it's like, wow, I have a safe place where you actually care and you want to understand me and then vice versa. Cause you both get to be the speaker and you both get to be the listener. So this is true. such good stuff. Y'all. Would you demonstrate the speaker listener technique so Gladly. that we can we can hear you um, do what you've been explaining? Absolutely, it wouldn't make any sense to talk about <laughs> yeah. this and not demo it. <laughs> at least, what are we going to talk about? I know because we haven't had a fight in a while, so we need. Oh. Usually, we have a fresh fight. Yeah, we probably should just fight right here. I know. So, um, Paul, babe. When you came home from work on Monday, I noticed you sighed a really big sigh when you saw Everett was on Minecraft playing his video game. And I was hurt by that because I didn't feel like you trusted me for with the, the way I used the time and how I um, trusted me to parent him and give him that allowance um, when you came home. Okay. So I hear you saying Monday when I came home from work, and saw Everett playing Minecraft. When I sighed, it communicated to you that I don't trust you to parent our children. That's correct. And you also said that that hurt you. Yes, it did. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Thanks. And I bet when I did that, you felt angry? Yeah, I, I felt angry and I felt um, hurt. By the lack of trust. I hear you saying you felt angry and hurt by my lack of trust. Yes, that's correct. Thanks. When I give Everett the opportunity to do that, it's because he's earned it, he's worked for it, and he's already gotten his schoolwork done for the day. And so I want to be able to have the freedom without the fear of your response as his dad coming home, seeing that, that he's on technology, but he's earned that time and just to trust me. Okay. So I hear you saying that when you've done that in the past, you've made sure that he has gotten all his schoolwork done. has gotten everything he needs to do for the day before he is on screen time. And you want to feel the freedom to make that decision when you think it's appropriate. Yes. And I don't want to fear your response that you, because you don't like, him to be on minecraft or on technology okay i hear you saying that you don't want to be afraid of my response that he is on minecraft or technology yes that's correct okay that makes sense thanks i imagine that you feel afraid mm -hmm. yeah i had definitely had a sense of fear of because it's happened in the past so that makes sense thanks okay i'm done being the speaker i feel understood so you want to okay so now we're going to trade roles and by the way listener um if you're trying this out for the first time it's helpful to gra grab like a, a microphone or like a stick 
or remote a tv remote or a Pencil. spatula something physical mm-hmm. you can give to, to denote i'm the speaker now and then you trade the thing that was real helpful for us when we first mm-hmm. started um uh kelly yeah i remember coming home and um and being disappointed about it being on minecraft uh i'm sorry that i was so judgmental and condescending and that my actions hurt you will I, you forgive me yes i forgive you but I'll, i'm gonna repeat back so I hear you saying that you were disappointed and upset that when you came home and saw Everett was on Minecraft. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Okay. That makes sense. And I also hear that you're making amends for being judgmental. So. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Is there anything else? Um, no, I think that's got, you got it. You know where I stand. I don't, I'm critical of technology and I want to make sure that we're, keeping our kids in limits. And I hear you saying that you, you know where you stand with technology, that you want to have it be limited, the amount of screen time our kids have. And that makes sense. Thanks. Yeah. All right. So we threw in a little bit of a, Mm -hmm. uh, a wrinkle there. Another thing that often, if we're talking about conflict, especially on speaker listener, um, what is it? Matthew seven says that, um, no, Matthew, 18 as kelly mentioned i think either in this episode or the other one that if you remember your brother has something against you even if you're engaged in worship before the lord you need to go to your brother and make it right is that matthew 5 okay my mistake uh and so it's important to 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 do it right away and the lord seems to have a sense of urgency when he commands us to do that and so even if you're communicating with your spouse if you have something wrong and you need to make amends do that first Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of a freebie to speaker listener, mm-hmm. not technically speaker listener, but especially if you're in conflict, like if, if you've got a part to own, do that first. Matthew seven talks about having a log in your own eye and straining mm-hmm. out the speck in your brother's eye. Mm-hmm. And that's where Jesus calls out the Pharisees for being hypocrites and, and saying, man, have you got a log in your eye? D- deal with yourself first. The principle is you deal with yourself first. And so if you have offended your spouse or anyone, you need to go to them first before you, um, before you pursue being understood. Um, what's the old adage? Seek to understand first before seeking to be understood. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's kind of the spiritual counterpart to that is uh, seek forgiveness before you seek to be forgiven. Take responsibility for your own actions first. So I threw a little bit of a, a wrinkle in there by <laughs> mm-hmm. doing the amends process, which is a little bit different, but we often will do that. We'll interlay that into our own speaker listener technique. So you get a little bit of a peek into mm-hmm. how we conflict. Well, these are all power tools that I really appreciate you sharing so eloquently um, and in a way that that communicates how to do it. So thank you for this time we've had together. I've really enjoyed part one and part two of communication power tools. And I, I just, listener, I just want you to know that I am praying right now that this will make a difference for you in how to be a good friend, spouse, parent, child, neighbor, coworker, whatever, um, how to seek to understand and to be kind and loving to those that God has put in your circle. I'm Sue Bolin. I've had the privilege of hosting the Head and Heart podcast today, and I thank you for listening.